This episode will contain explicit language, along with spoilers, for Sofia Coppola's 2020 film, On the Rocks. Who's ready to talk about a new movie? Today we're doing a season finale. We are on season four of Franchises and Filmogs. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, each season alternating, I do a franchise where I watch the whole franchise in each episode. We do two episodes a week. Each episode goes gradually through the franchise. For example, uh, I think season three was Mission Impossible. So we did Mission Impossible 1 on Tuesday, then Mission Impossible 2 on Thursday, and kept doing that until we finished that franchise. This season, we talked about Sofia Coppola, and we've got one more film in her filmography. It's been a wild season. There was a lot going on in the news. I don't know if you are just joining us uh, because your mind has been elsewhere and you live in the United States or almost anywhere else in the world. But we're going to talk about a movie today that came out during the pandemic. So that should be pretty interesting. There aren't a lot of facts on this movie. It came out on Apple TV. Uh, It might have been I don't think it was the first film to come out on Apple TV, but it might have been. I'm not sure. Sofia Coppola made it onto the streaming platform directly. I don't know if uh, any of her other films were delete. Uh, any of her other films were released directly to a streaming service, so this might be a first for her. And I think it was pretty successful. I thought this film was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so we're going to talk about it a bit. Then we're going to do a full-ranked list of Sofia Coppola films, and it's going to be a completely biased list of my thoughts on her films. Uh, And then we're going to do a little talk about the themes that run through her filmography. We're going to talk about some topics about this film, of course. This is episode 51, so it's been a while. I encourage you, if you like this episode to go listen to the rest of the episodes on this podcast. It's a pretty fun podcast. It's usually just me. Sometimes I have some guest hosts on. Uh, but it's been it's been a good time and a good experience so far. I don't know what we're doing next season yet. But we are due to do a franchise, and we'll talk about that a little later, probably toward the end of this episode. I don't know what we're doing yet, though, so you're not going to get that at the end of the episode. You'll get that in the next episode, which we will also talk about toward the end of this episode. But let's talk about On the Rocks. This film came out in October 2020. Again, it came out on Apple TV, uh, which is a new streaming service. It is, I believe, less than a year old, right about a year old now. Um, And this film, according to IMDb, there are not a lot of facts on it, probably because it's so new. Uh, But according to IMDb, it grossed $992,000. Uh, which sounds very small for a, a Coppola film. Um, her other films have all grossed, I think, in the millions. And I don't know how you can really calculate the gross for this film because it was released onto Apple TV. So that might be something I want to do some research in uh, just so I am a little more up to speed on how these films gross money when they are on a streaming service that you pay for monthly. Uh, I've got two facts for you. Rashida Jones stars in this film. 
and she workshopped for Lost in Translation to play the character that is Charlotte, uh, which was played by Scarlett Johansson. So it would have been a different film. I do think Rashida Jones is a great actress, and I'm glad that she has made it into uh, Sofia Coppola's radar. And maybe we'll see her in more Coppola films because we know that Coppola likes to use the same actresses, the same actors. We get that a lot with Kirsten Dunst. We've gotten that with Bill Murray. This is, I believe, his third film. And he's also in the TV special. I don't know if those three films include the TV special. And for the most part, I like him in these films. But in some, I didn't like him so much. And we'll talk about that toward the end with the rankings. Uh, But Bill Murray in this film also appears 18 minutes into the movie. So he doesn't come in right away. I was actually thinking that this film was going to revolve a lot around just him and Rashida Jones, but it's really mostly Rashida Jones until about halfway through. And then we get more Bill Murray and it's both of them. But the main focus here is not Bill Murray, which is a little bit refreshing to be honest after the last couple of Bill Murray Coppola collaborations. That's pretty much all the facts I've got. So we're going to take a break here. Uh, We usually do about three parts when it comes to this podcast. We're going to take a break here, and then we're just going to talk about a couple things with this film before we go into the rankings. I think that this film definitely shows us what Coppola does best when it comes to storytelling. It focuses very closely on each individual. It focuses on relationships between individuals. And it takes, it's just a very close focus on the person. It feels very personal. There's a lot of close focus on Rashida Jones's character. There's a lot of focus on Bill Murray's character, not as much as Rashida Jones's character, but also uh, Marlon Wayans is in this film, and it focuses on his character a lot. He plays the husband of Rashida Jones. Uh, and there's a lot of entanglement between these relationships that occur throughout the film. The whole idea of the film is that Rashida Jones is trying to catch her husband. I don't remember the character names, I'll be honest right here. So I'm just going to refer to her as Rashida Jones and him as uh, Marlon Wayans and Bill Murray as Bill Murray. Uh, but it focuses on Rashida Jones trying to figure out if her husband is cheating on her. And Bill Murray's character, who plays the father of Rashida Jones, he really pushes this idea that he must be cheating because Bill Murray's character is so old-fashioned. It kind of reminds me of how Bill Murray might actually be. I don't know much about Bill Murray, but he seems a little like a curmudgeoning old man uh, that might be stuck in some old ways. I've heard some, not interviews uh, with him, but interviews with other people that talk about how he acts on set sometimes. And he works really well in these Coppola films because it's a very believable character, which worries me in some of these films. Um, But in this film, he plays a loving father of Rashida Jones that's kind of stuck in his older ways, uh, also suspects that every man is bad, which I don't really want to comment on. Um, And he also suspects that because of this, Marlon Wayans character is cheating on Rashida Jones. 
And then they set up this whole quest or journey to try and catch a cheater. There's one scene in particular that I thought was really interesting in this film, and it was the most fun scene until you get kind of to the end of it, and then you realize what's kind of going on here. Uh, but they're following... Rashida Jones and Bill Murray's character are following Marlon Wayans at night in a car. I don't know how they're not noticeable at all, but they're in a convertible. Uh, but he doesn't notice them. But they're following him at night in a car to see if he's cheating with one of his co-workers. And they're driving around in this old, I think it was an Alfa Romero. Um, I know very little about cars, so I might have even said that wrong. Uh, but they're following him around in this very loud car. They're barely making turns. Bill Murray is not driving very well because he's trying to keep up. He's just having the time of his life. And it's pretty fun to watch him banter with Rashida Jones as if it's his daughter. I think this is the most fun scene in the film. Uh, this film at times kind of blends comedy with mystery and drama. Uh, but this film is definitely the most comedic. But it ends with him being pulled over by the cops and then basically being let free because he has some connection with one of the cops, which is hard to watch right now because you wonder how, how that is different depending on who's driving the car. And I thought that it was very poignant to watch this at this time and see uh, what kind of relationships are, are built around trust. A big part of this film has to do with trust. And Bill Murray trusts that this cop is just going to let him go without a ticket just because he knows the cop's father. And I think he knew his grandfather too. And then they can bond over that. And it really shows how like social, not social networks, but social networking and getting to know people can build a sort of trust that might not be built among other characters. And I think that's very well portrayed in this film. I think that Bill Murray's character gets away with a lot that he shouldn't. Uh, he is constantly flirting with young women, and I don't think that he should necessarily be getting away with that. His theories, and Rashida Jones' character brings this up quite a bit, but his theories are a lot of times skewed towards sexist, um, and it's interesting though, because he's also very protective of his daughter. So I think that in his mind, he doesn't see that he's doing things wrong. Uh, but it's kind of a classic father daughter relationship, uh, where the father has grown old and is, is kind of stuck in his ways. So I think that that's extremely well done and it's a great topic for Sofia Coppola to focus on. This film is maybe her most straightforward film, but at the same time, there's a lot of underlying issues that you can notice when you watch the film. Um, such as, do we give Bill Murray's character a pass when he is flirting with all these young women just because he's an older guy and is kind of stuck in his ways? So these are questions that I think that you can discuss pretty well in a book club type of setting, a film club type of setting, um, which is another reason why I would like to bring up here that I 
would love to have more guests on the show. Uh, you can guest host with me if you want. And a way you can do that is by emailing me or sending me a message on social media. Uh, so I'll just bring that up here because sometimes it's more fun and more interesting to listen to two different people's takes on these types of films. Uh, for now, you're just going to listen to my biased take, uh, which you might agree with, you might not agree with. And if you don't agree with it, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to keep discussion going. So you can still message me if you just want to talk about a film. We don't even have to record it. I'm just interested in talking about films. Uh, if you do like my opinion or you agree with my opinion, I should say, uh, you should still message me. I'm, I'm just interested in hearing what other people think. Uh, I thought that the cast of this film was fantastic. And it is truly one of the best casts that Coppola has gotten. And it only really revolves around three main characters. I thought that Bill Murray, this is one of his best performances, even if he is playing very much the same character that we're used to seeing these days. He is an older man that is stuck in his ways. We talked about that already. That seems to be what he usually plays, at least now. I haven't seen any older Bill Murray films in a long time, but he seems like he's been stuck in this role for at least the past decade, if not two decades. Uh, we also get Marlon Wayans in this film, who is really good. Uh, he's not a huge focus for a lot of the film, even though we're kind of tracking him most of the time. He's not a huge focus throughout the film. But when he is in the film, you take him pretty seriously. And I don't know if I've ever seen him in a serious role. The only role I can recall seeing him in that was memorable to me was White Chicks. And that is a very different film than this film. So this really shows uh, that he is capable of taking on a more dramatic role as well as the fun comedy. And don't get me wrong, I love Marlon Wayans in White Chicks. I should preface that though by saying that I have not seen that film in like 15 years. So it could be a really bad film at this point. Um, this film also had a really fun setting to watch. It's very much New York based and you get a lot of different New York scenery. You get all these storefronts. Uh, one of my favorites was Balloon Saloon, which I've never been to. I've been to New York a couple times, but it's been a long time. Uh, but Balloon Saloon is somewhere I have seen in photos and I want to go there. And I think that they just specialize in selling all sorts of balloons and it's a giant balloon store. So that was cool to see in this film. There was also, I think, a deli uh, and some restaurants, but nothing was memorable enough to me because I was not too familiar with the places myself. Uh, I really liked the car chase scene again because of the type of shot that is taken. You're driving around these New York streets. You're weaving through lanes. Um, this whole time we're following this old car. Uh, and there's this kind of jazz music going, which also feels very classy, very much like New York. And it fits with the title On the Rocks, which makes me think of somebody drinking scotch or bourbon or whiskey. Um, so... I thought that was, that was really well done. I think what we're going to do here, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to talk about Coppola Ranked, Sofia Coppola Ranked, because I haven't watched all of Francis's films yet. But we're going to rank all of Sofia Coppola's films. We're going to talk about the themes 
that interact with each other throughout all of her filmography. And then we're going to talk about what's next. Welcome back. Again, this is our season four finale, which means we're going to end it with a ranking of Coppola's films. So let's start from the bottom. We're going to start from the bottom this time. My least favorite Coppola film, and it's arguable if this is a film. So if you feel like this is not a film, don't include it. It doesn't matter much because it's my least favorite anyways, but A Very Merry Christmas the TV special slash film that was released on Netflix is awful. It is awful. I don't recommend watching it. If you do like it, good for you. If you just want to hear Bill Murray sing really poorly some Christmas songs, that's what this is for. That's what this TV special is for, in my opinion. So eat your heart out if that's what you want. At number seven, I've got the bling ring which is a a very slight step up from A Very Merry Christmas. And some people love this film, so maybe it's just me. If you love this film, let me know why, because I really don't know why. It is somewhat boring. It does not make a lot of sense to me at all. It is based on a true story, so I would think it would make more sense. But I didn't like it. Now we're going to get to the films that I do like. There are six of her films I think are great but I am still going to rank them from least favorite to favorite. At number six, I've got Marie Antoinette, which is probably her biggest scale film. The costuming is amazing. The settings are amazing. You get all these grand palaces, um, which are just really cool to watch. And I think that I would like this more if it was not based on the subject matter. So if you want to hear about that, I will refer you back to the Marie Antoinette episode, and you can go listen to my thoughts on that. At number five, I've got Somewhere, which is a very slow film, but it's a very artsy film at the same time. And I think it is a story that is really well told, and it is not in the typical Coppola fashion. It's a very slow, artsy, based on settings a lot, and it's a simple story but it's not told in a straightforward manner. So I'll I'll put that one at number five. At number four, I've got The Beguiled. You get one of the best casts of all her films. You've got Elle Fanning, you've got Nicole Kidman, you've got Kirsten Dunst, you've got uh, Colin Farrell. It seems like the only person missing is Bill Murray at this point and Scarlett Johansson uh, and Rashida Jones now. So I'm a big fan of The Beguiled. I highly recommend watching it. The Virgin Suicides is her debut film, and I'll put that at number three. I think that is a fantastic debut. It is one of the best debut films you'll see from a filmmaker. It's great. Go watch it, and then come back and listen to that first episode that we started this season off with. At number two, I've got today's film, On the Rocks. I thought it was really good. A lot of people don't like it for some reason, that I can't really tell. Maybe they're just tired of Bill Murray. I feel ya. If you're tired of Bill Murray, I get it. I get it. He's in a lot of movies. He plays the same character a lot of the times. 
But I think that Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans in this film are so good and they carry this film. And there are some really memorable scenes. Uh, someone wrote that this film is not memorable at all on their letterbox review. I like to read letterbox reviews after I watch these films. I thought it was pretty memorable. I think this is a film I will remember for a while. I think that it is told in a simple but also compelling way. And at number one, I've got Coppola's masterpiece, which is lost in translation. You throw in everything we talked about that was good about all those other films, and you get lost in translation. Plus, you get some Scarlett Johansson, which is great, and it's amazing to see how she's evolved into Black Widow, into a marriage story, into all these other films. And I feel like this is a real start starting point for her was Lost in Translation. So that's the full ranked list. And I think the main themes that I took out of this season, kind of want to talk about themes because I think that this is something that you can carry over through a full filmography. And it really uh, separates who the artist is uh, that is making these films. One of them I will say is charm. I think that Bill Murray has a lot of charm, and that's probably why Coppola loves using him. You've also got Kirsten Dunst, who has a lot of charm. You've got Rashida Jones, who has a lot of charm. You've got Marlon Wayans. You've got Colin Farrell. All these characters are very charming actors and actresses. So I think that that is a big theme that's carried over throughout her filmography. Mental health is a big thing, which we see a lot in Marie Antoinette. We see that in The Beguiled, where these people are basically getting cabin fever and they're struggling because they feel lost. That's another theme. A lot of loss. Uh, you get that in Lost in Translation, clearly, from the title. They're lost in a foreign country. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to understand the people around them and how to relate to them. But it carries over to other films like Marie Antoinette and The Beguiled, where these characters are lost by their, by their surroundings. And lastly, I've got relationships. A lot of her films are based around relationships, whether it's a friendship in The Bling Ring or it's a romance in Lost in Translation. There's some couples. There's kind of a romance in Somewhere. There's a romance in On the Rocks, clearly, which we just talked about. So I think relationships is another big thing that Coppola likes to talk about in her films. Overall, I think that she is a fantastic director and was a great choice. And I'm very happy I watched all her films. And we'll follow up if she releases more films, which I'm sure she will. I don't know how long it will be until a new film of hers comes out. But we'll talk about them. We'll do some special episodes in the future. If we've already talked about a whole filmography or a franchise and a new film comes out, we'll do a special episode. There's going to be a new Mission Impossible. We're going to do a new episode when that comes out. We're going to do a new episode when any of the like three Coppola films that she's slated for comes out. When Bong Joon-ho's surprise drops a film in front of our faces at some film festival, we'll do a new episode for that. So there's a lot to look forward to. And I'm, I'm having a good time doing this podcast. As you can tell, I don't spend a lot of time editing it because I like the raw take more. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, I stuttered a bit. 
but I'm I'm more willing to accept that to have you kind of get to know me a little more. I don't make amazing podcasts, and I, I understand that, but I make podcasts about what I'm passionate about, and I, I enjoy watching film, and I think that film has a lot to teach us, whether you're an artist or a creative type, or just somebody that watches a fil- one film a year. If you come on here, listen to this, and find something you like, then I've done my job. I'm just trying to kind of spark your interest more into film. One way you can support this podcast, this is where I'm going to kind of plug a couple things here, is by making a donation through Anchor. You can become a monthly supporter. Uh, And again, 50% of all proceeds for this podcast will be going to arts organizations, whether it's a film venue, a film organization, a film festival, something like that. For now, it's going to be in the greater Seattle area. And I'll admit, we have not made a lot of money, so we haven't been making a lot of donations. But I think that it might pick up. And me saying that might might help you out. And I, I swear that I will stand by that until I tell you otherwise. So I will be making those 50% donations. And if you don't want to donate to this podcast, then, then don't. I'm totally fine with that. But I do advise that you donate to arts organizations to help keep the arts alive. That's what I really want. So I encourage you to do that. Another way to support this is by leaving a review, whether you leave it on Apple Podcasts. This podcast does come out on Apple Podcasts. So that's one really fun way to leave a review and tell me if you like it or not. If it's shitty, I still want to know. I want to know how I can improve and how I can spark your interest more. Uh, another way you can just email me, give me any feedback. I I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what country you're talking to me from. Cause we have a global network of listeners I've discovered according to anchor, according to anchor, which I assume is correct. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I made an account for franchises and filmogs. I believe it's called franchises and filmogs pod. That's going to be in the description for this podcast as well. If you want a guest host or if you have recommendations on where you want me to go next, let me know. If you have a franchise that you're dying to hear my opinion about, let me know. I want to watch anything and everything. So let me know. And maybe you can be a guest host with me one day. That being said, I don't know yet where we're going. But we'll be doing a franchise next season. Next season's going to start up next Tuesday. We're going to take a week to recuperate, uh, to regather our thoughts, and to figure out what the hell we want to watch next. I have some ideas, and what I'm going to do so that you are aware of what we're going to watch next, if you want to follow along with me. I don't know how many of you watch these films along with me, but if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to release a bonus episode. I think it's going to come out on Saturday. So there's going to be no new episode on Thursday, uh, but there will be a new one before next Tuesday to let you guys know what we're going to watch next. That way you can stay informed, you can stay tuned, you can tell me how terrible my ideas are of what films to watch. Maybe we'll do Twilight. I don't know. You want to watch Twilight? Just let me know. Let me know what you want to watch. Let me know what you want me to watch. I'm thinking right now, right this very moment. I'm debating between like three different franchises I want to watch. One is Terminator. Another is Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. 
I don't think we'll do every Star Wars film, but maybe I'll, I'll decide that. Uh, and another is X-Men. Another is Twilight. There's plenty of franchises to choose from. So if you have one you're dying to hear from me about, let me know. Aside from that, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this season. Again, if you haven't watched any of Sofia Coppola's films, highly recommend them. It was a good season. I had a fun time watching them. I highly don't recommend watching like two of them, which is A Very Merry Christmas and The Bling Ring. But all the rest of them, watch them because they are great. And I look forward to whatever the hell she's going to release next. Um, But yeah, have a good week. I'll be back at some point before next week. And then we'll start up season five. We made it five whole seasons. Start up season five next Tuesday.